Good morning. There we go. The weather's a little interesting out there, a little little slippery on the way in. Y'all had me in a uh, little concerned today at about 9.44 when there was three people in the church. Um, but 9.45, here we are. Um, it's uh, I'm just so thankful to get a worship with you all today and to get to, to worship such a wonderful God. Um, I'm so thankful for the, the gift of salvation and that we can truly believe the, the fact that it is finished, that Christ conquered death, that Christ paid for sin, uh, that he offers salvation, that he offers life. It's not, our life isn't about do, 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 and hope that you get right with God by the end. It's he has finished the work. He gave his blood. He, he gave his life offering life that we don't have to earn because we can't earn it. And we looked at that last week, and we're going to pick up again this week in Philippians chapter 3. I enjoyed the first three verses so much that I want to go through a few more of the verses and kind of really help us to see this, how significant this was in the life of Paul, where to him it wasn't about who he was, his his religion, his background, his all these things. It wasn't about that to him. It was about Christ. And salvation comes alone from Christ. And we're going to see Paul lay that out clearly. Uh, it's interesting the way that he does it. He gives this big comparison here, this, this contrast here. Um, and it's just so interesting to me. Uh, last Sunday, we're in Philippians 3. We'll... 1 through 11 is, is where we're at. We'll spend most of our time in 4 through 11. I wish, maybe I should just take like three weeks and go through these, these six or seven verses, eight verses here. Uh, but I'm going to try to do it all today just to briefly go over so we can get this big picture and then we can get back to our study through the Gospels because we're a couple years in and I don't see us finishing that for another couple of years. Um, but I wanted to take this, this stop here in Philippians uh, just because it's been working on me, working in my life. But last week, we saw Paul tell these believers at Philippi to rejoice in the Lord. And when Brittany opened up there and got a little vulnerable, as she said, talking about my dad, and, and I mean, she made me cry back there, um, just the memories and thinking of that. But I appreciate that view of God so much, where my dad could look at the mountains and see him being intricate and important to God, where God would take the time to think of him personally. And I appreciate that so much, where my dad could take the time and rejoice in the Lord. He's dying of cancer. He has months to live, and he still has that ability to rejoice in the Lord. And we can see here when Paul says rejoice in the Lord, that's how we can have any joy at all. That's how we can rejoice at all is because of the Lord and who he is. So Paul told these believers to rejoice in the Lord. He also gave them a warning about the Judaizers or these religious people coming into these new believers, these new Gentile believers, and telling them you need to add Judaism to Christ in order to truly be saved. He gives warning against them. He also shared with them the realities in the life of true believers. There's this ability to worship God in the Spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. Let's look at the first three verses together. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. 
to write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. There's Paul's warning to, about the Judaizers there, if you weren't here last Sunday. Then he says, For we are the circumcision, or we're the true believers, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So he sets the stage here where salvation is not because of what we have done. It's not because of works. It's not something that we earn. And then he's going to go further this week. He's going to continue to shatter the idea that self-righteousness and works and keeping traditions are what make you right before God. It's like Paul knew that these Judaizers he knew that they came in, that's what he was combating here, but he, it's like he knew that after this letter comes and after he gives his rebuttal to the argument of the Judaizers where you have to add all these laws and traditions to salvation to truly be saved, it's like Paul knew where they were going to come back at the people again and they were relentless and they weren't going to give up here trying to confuse them and, and attack their faith. So it's like Paul gives this advice out in advance before the Judaizers are able to come back in and try to confuse the believers at Philippi here. It's, it's like Paul is saying, um, the Judaizers would come in and say, you guys wouldn't understand, you Gentiles wouldn't understand. Sure, might, Paul might have said that, but, but you're not, you don't understand our rich heritage of Judaism. You don't understand how long we've been keeping these traditions and these rituals and these laws that we've worked so hard to bring in to help keep ourselves righteous. It's like Paul knew that they were going to come back in and say this stuff. And Paul is like, hold on. I've, I've been there. Listen to my background. I've lived that life. I've lived that life of trusting in traditions, of trusting in my works to be right before God. I've lived that. So no matter what the Judaizers are going to say to you, Listen to what I have to say because I have lived that life and I've come out of it. I've met Christ. I know Christ. I'm in Christ. You can have confidence in these warnings that I'm giving to you, in this true gospel that I'm giving to you. You can have confidence in that. And it's interesting. Paul says, I, I get that stuff, but that stuff, he uses the word, is a pile of dung compared to knowing Christ those religious duties that they do, the things they put so much confidence in, is like a big pile of dung compared to knowing Christ. And then Paul goes on. Here are my credentials in the Jewish religion. So they think they're pretty good. Here's what I did in this religion. I'm pretty sure they're better than anyone else's who, who are trusting in their works and their religion. Galatians 1.14, Paul says, And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. He is telling these believers, I have been there, I have lived that life, I have trusted in my flesh to be right before God. And you know what? It is of no value whatsoever in gaining favor with God keeping these traditions and these rituals and all these different things. Knowing Christ is the most important aspect. Look at our text this morning. We'll start in verse number 4 here. We'll, we'll read down to 11. 
Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, Paul says, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Let's pray together. Dear Father, I thank you so much that, that we can come together and we can look at you and see what you have done and see how you have worked and see how great you are even a glimpse of your greatness i'm so thankful that you are so faithful and you're so true i thank you for your grace and your mercy understanding that you are just and you are holy we're in desperate need of your grace and your mercy i pray that you will help us to see that today i pray that you'll work in our hearts and our lives today i pray that you'll just Encourage us and and strengthen us and just help us to focus on you as who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So reading verse 4, if you read verse 4 all by itself with with no background, with no no context, don't read any of the other verses in the chapter, um, you could think, wow, Paul really thinks highly of himself. Did you see that when we first started reading verse 4 there? Like, whoa, Paul thinks he's, he's a pretty good guy here. What's, what's he getting at? That's not what's going on here at all. He's going to use his own religious credentials here to show the foolishness of trusting in religious works for a right standing before God. So, so he's painting the stage here. Hey, I did, and mine's going mine's gonna to beat you here because... Just, just listen. Show all that is worthless compared to Christ. Paul does have a, a religious point of view, um, especially looking at the Jewish religion, the, the different. Paul was top-notch on all those. If anybody's religious, shot at it. But we understand that he didn't, and he understood because of what he had done, because of who he was. Verse 4 again. Remember, Paul just said that we can rejoice in Christ Jesus and have... In verse 3, he says, we don't have any confidence in the flesh because of Jesus Christ. We don't need to have confidence. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh... So he knows his resume here is impressive. He has a lack of... or it lacks redemptive value. You look at his, at the end, Paul says, all that, all my resume means nothing. It's worth nothing. He says, circumcised the eighth day. 
We spent a lot of time talking about that last week. We're not going to go into the issue that the Judaizers were pushing onto these Gentile believers. Paul says, I was circumcised when I was supposed to be circumcised. The eighth rule of circumcision on my list of righteous deeds, of, of self-righteous deeds, check that rail. He says, I am of the Jewish race by birth. I wasn't proselytized a Jew. I am by birth a member of God's chosen people. I am a physical disease is right on to gain favor with God, he says. I have followed the rim here. The next part of verse 5, he says, of the tribe, eminent tribes of Israel. Remember, Benjamin was Jacob's son, uh, youngest son. This, this tribe of Benjamin was one of the most prestigious, looked at as one of the most noble of all the tribes. Paul could trace his family back to Benjamin. At a, a day and time when people couldn't really trace back their line to which tribe goes, Paul said, hey, look at me. I am not only a Jew, I am purely from the tribe in the, the Jewish religion. It was a big deal to the Judaizers. They had the right race. Paul was even from a highly favored family. Keep going in verse. had kept the right traditions. This phrase points to Paul as he... I'm going to give you a lot of history here because Paul is going to just kind of throw it all in, in a... It might feel like school a little bit or, or hearing, hearing a history teacher talk a little bit. But what I want is of these religious aspects in his life, and I just want to take a few minutes here to look at traditions and to the language of his ancestors. Paul was born in Rabbi Gamaliel. Paul was so committed to the Jewish tradition. I just want to read this to you, verses 3 through 5. Nope, that's not right. 26, I was in 25. All customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech you, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of ours, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He is talking about that he had maintained the strict. He was very committed to keeping the ways of the Hebrews. He had the right traditions. And then it says, as touching the law or as keeping the law, I was affording to the thought of the Judaizers. Paul was so passionate about the Jewish law that interacting with them a lot as we're going through the Gospels, where they viewed themselves as, as very honor like this person, and they had this high view of themselves because they separated themselves from inside their sinful human beings that needed a Savior, that needed ones. And Paul considered himself a Pharisee. He was a son of a Pharisee. He lived. Pharisees were supremely devoted to the law and the law that they talk about here of the Old Testament. The law here included the whole rabbinic system. They added laws, so many laws, they had to add books, and they had to add books to himself as keeping these things, as keeping these traditions, as keeping these rules. I view of, as far as their standing went before God. Paul had that on his resume. You get into verse number 6. Concerning Paul was so zealously sincere that he persecuted God, led him to literally persecute the disciples of Jesus Christ. To serve God, which was really serving him for serving God, that he thought God hated these Christians and these Christians were against. 
these followers of Jesus Christ. He's there to be murdered. He was going around dragging people that were of that those people. He got so tired of doing it in Jerusalem that he wants to go out further. He wants to go and have permission to bring believers back to Jerusalem from Damascus. He hated, and he did that all for religion's sake. Paul is a very zealous person. He adds, look at the second part of verse 6. Touching the righteousness which is in, concludes his list on his resume here with legalistic self-righteousness. Blameless. When other Jews look at me, they say, wow, he does a good job. He's a Jew to all that knew him. Paul had this incredible, the right family, the right heritage. He kept the rules, at least outward zeal. He had the outward conformity. Paul was a poster child but he was still guilty before God. And that's, that's what I want. Paul had all these things going for him, religiously speaking. And I want to pause there because I think that's so relevant for today, to Christ, to earn favor before God. And you have people who will hold on to maybe one of those to make them right before God, or people holding on to good works or, or baptism or things, thinking that, I'm right before God, or, or I'm passionate about doing right. So I must be hanging on to these things, thinking that it's going to make them right before God. That none of that stuff can make us right before God. Before God. So the Lord met Paul on Damascus, and Paul's life is changed. He meets the very one, had Christians out of their homes to bring them in persecution, to bring them in bondage. And the Lord with Christ. And Paul's life is changed. And his whole, that's how Paul could write, verse number seven, but what things were gained to me. Can't you see Paul reflecting here as he's writing this letter to the believers at Philippi? I was, I work, I trusted in all the wrong things. I used And it's almost like you can see him writing this Thinking, zealously working for all the wrong things. And all those. And then Paul says, now I know that all those things are worth chart going here. And am I right before God, profit list going here. And then the things that were lost, he'd, he'd put on the other side. The things that didn't matter on the other side. And he had this big, so lucky to have me. I did this. I did, look at me. Look how wonderful I am. All me throws it into the lost side. It's in the red now. It means nothing before God. God changed Paul into the lost column. Paul placed so much value on his religious life to a religious system. And this is what is so sad. Your whole life to a religion. All kinds of dedication. But it's self-righteous. If you're counting on anything other than all those works are stacking up in the lost column. They're extremely, extremely dedicated. Who will never come to Christ. And it's sad to see someone so dedicated. Yet Paul found Christ or Christ found Paul. And we see this change in his life. His perspective changed. Verse number 8. 
And we're going to go kind of quickly through this. This is where I, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them all here. Like, I took all that religious works and threw it in the loss column. There is no is loss. Think of the time that Paul had put into that religion. He it all up and he throws it in the lost side. He says it's Christ. He says knowing Christ is of surpassing value. Knowing Christ here because it's more than just knowing facts or details about executing Christians. He knew who Christ claimed to be. He knew who these be Lord on that road. And he did, came from knowing facts to knowing the Savior. More than just this head knowledge here of, oh, there's this guy that claims to be Christ. It came to the Savior. He is the Lord. I need to believe in. I need to repent of the deeds to make me right before God or try to make me right before God. I need Jesus with Christ. And it changed him. Extra details. It's knowing Christ relationally on this personal last thing's loss for the excellency of the knowledge. And he uses Christ. See all the titles there he ascribes to Christ? Oh, the one Christ as the Messiah. That's what that term Christ points to. He recognizes, he says, my Lord. Lord is talking about the sovereign king, the sovereign ruler. What an amazing transformation that God did in Paul's life. Willing to give up or to suffer loss of all things that he used. He actually values those other self-righteous works as dung. Waste, it's manure, or it's excrement. It's rubbish. It's a trash pile. What's these self-righteous works as? His value is found, found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the righteousness which is of God by faith, which were worthless, but God's righteousness. Paul, short. For all have sinned and come short of the glory. No matter what the rituals or religion, none of that stuff. Ever, only through Jesus Christ, that we can be right before God. Paul was justified. He was declared righteous before God. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. So Paul here is highlighting some specifics of knowing Christ. He, want, he, he wanted this close relationship with Christ. He wanted to know Christ was able to die and then come back to life. That is power that proved Paul would face much suffering for Christ. But Christ would be there with him. The Verse number one, Paul could say rejoice in the Lord because Paul had joy in the Lord. He went through some else in the future. Every future believer, believe in Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to face suffering, but I can rejoice in Christ. And Christ and joy through it all. 2 Corinthians 12.10 Therefore I take pleasure in stresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Persecution and sufferings that Paul would face. Then verse 11, if by dead. But Paul was confident in his relationship with Christ. Paul was secure in Christ. Paul was confident that he would be resurrected. And he's looking forward to... Uh, 
Paul had this knowledge not because of his positive, wonderful things that Paul could look to. It, they didn't predicate on Paul's self, all because of Christ. The knowledge of Christ is based upon a personal relationship Christ alone. And I said Paul's name a lot today, not to boast things. We look to him as one of the heroes of the faith. But this passage is about the supreme any hope that we have any comfort, uh, that we have any joy, any these believers. Look, it's not confidence in it is through Christ alone. And Christ is of more value than and I'm so thankful for my Savior. I'm so thankful for for his plan. My hope and my confidence in him. And he gives when I am unrighteous, He forgives me and He covers me. Not because of who I am or because of what I've done, but because of who Christ I am in Christ. That's where we have our confidence, is in Christ. And I want to be so careful and aware where any glory being right with Him isn't based on what I do. You know, because as, as a believer, you can just know. You couldn't earn his favor for salvation through Christ. We're declared righteous. And that's the only reason to rejoice. When hard situations come and where our confidence lies. Let's pray together. This reminder. So tempting at times to play on our Almost where we can feel like you're lucky to have us as a part of We're only in your family because of your grace and your mercy. We're only a gift of salvation. I thank you for the confidence that we can have in you. I pray that that is trusting in anything other than you for salvation of their need for you today. While we've been on this topic two weeks, please work in our hearts today. Please help us to rejoice in who you are and what tell us and show us what you have for us. And, and I pray that we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Play on the piano. If you'd like to come to the front and pray, uh, if you'd like to know more about knowing Christ, I'd love to talk to you about that today. If you're trusting in anything other than Christ to make you right before God, I'd love to talk to you about that today. But let's spend some time praising God in prayer.